Mo Puppies, Mo Problems. This week on The Hapless Heroes. There is plenty of leather aboard this ship to get the job done. Welcome to another episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. I'm Francesco. Tonight I am your host and DM, and I have a wonderful cast of characters as we continue this adventure. To my virtual left, we have Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Do 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 do. I just want to sleep. Nicole, as Boris the Butcher. I'm going to love you and hug you and squeeze you and kiss you. Uh, rough. Uh, rough. <laughs> Phil, as Hedrick the Entertainer. Um, can you do any tricks? <laughs> and John, as Lord Jarrell the Light. Hans, I'm going to go take a nap. Zero's going to watch over you. Uh, good luck with the dragons. So, uh, last time on the show, yeah, there's just a whole lot of things happening on the Oberstar. Just the the events won't stop. So those lights that were on the horizon you guys ended up discovering were actually not bad. It was the Omega Project, uh, you know, finding a way to kind of meet you, in, you know, on your journey while you guys were actually stopped um, for the night. And they delivered some presents from Omnius, the scientist we met a few episodes back, played by, you know, one of our uh, Patreon donors, Joe, uh, had some additional parting gifts that he wanted to make sure were delivered to you post haste to aid you in. Well, I mean, apparently the coming battle. I mean, you guys are on your way to Ardwall, which, you know, is currently housing the summit of the Southern Kingdoms where all the world leaders have been gathering and now it's under attack by forces unknown you also have a pair of dragons little baby dragons little hatchlings on your ship that you're trying to train unsuccessfully and now boris is in uh the proud new owner of a tiny mechanical hellhound puppy uh named um and it's we've kind of you know are opening up into day two now of our journey at sea um, the first Thursday that has passed without a brunch, or no, actually, it is Thursday now. It is now Thursday. Fantastic. Um, I think I, I'd like to resolve how I handled the dragons on the overnight, and I feel like this is a great spot for me to fail an animal handling check. This is a good time for that. So, yeah, <laughs> during the overnight shift, everyone else is sleeping besides you and Hans. Well, I mean, you're trying to help Hans actually get a good night's sleep because... I believe you do have compassion for human beings, at least some. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, so, yeah. Let's and let's I, see that animal handling check. Yeah, I have claimed to be the world's greatest, uh, what was it, dragon trainer? Handler. Dragon handler. handler. Yes. Go for it. So my animal handling, which gets a zero added to it, I get a whole six on the die. All right. So... You managed to distract the dragons from Hans. However, not maybe in the way that you intended. You know, I think that maybe your efforts were like, I mean, can you describe to me some of the efforts, right? Like where you're trying to like, you know, trying to get them to settle down or just like, you know, like how are you trying to distract them? Oh, in lots of ways that I would have observed from maybe human mothers trying to be soothing to babies, but done in, you know, a really awkward and stilted fashion, you know, trying Perfect. to rock them, but in, in a very painfully awkward way and something that well, would work for a dragon. Anymore. Exactly. So that painfully awkward way is also physically painful because these dragons are like nibbling away at like the, the, the wood 
that is part of like your like you know how you are fabricated you're not just metal um and they're like chewing on it and like you know every now and again one like kind of digs its like tiny little head in a little like in between like, in, like a little crevice and starts messing with some of the internals and then you have to like pull it out so it's a it's a, it is a thankfully you don't have to sleep but uh it's a, it is a uncomfortable several hours as you are just mishandling these dragons. I mean, listen, you've done a great job distracting them, but they are wreaking havoc on your body. Uh, in fact, you know what? Uh, we'll just take some nominal piercing damage here to start the day. <laughs> Five from one and four from the other. I'm going to go ahead and assume that the temporary hit points that are sitting on my character sheet are probably not still valid. They are. It's not. It do, they don't go away when you oh. rest. Okay. Well, I don't believe. It's just until they go away. All right. Well, I'll just take it off the top of that then. Right from your inspiring leader, because it was the same day, right? Like we're now opening on to day two. So. I think maybe if I rest, it might end. I mean, certainly you cannot stack on points, but if you waived it, then you would be able to take an inspiring leader amount the next day. But you would have to, like, you would lose it after a full rest. Whatever. Start the day, just, you know, burn away the temporary HP. I'm just, I was just trying to say it's uncomfortable yeah. for you. Oh, no, absolutely. And, you know, it would be damage to my ego, except that I'm just going to keep projecting that I'm doing great, and right. else would have had it way worse. And there's no actual tangible ego stat in this game that we can tell, and I don't really feel like making a whole system related <laughs> to it. So you know how much ego damage you've taken. Yeah, it's implied. <laughs> we're, we're really we, we got some real hide the pain herald going on here. Always. Yeah. All right. Um, so day two, uh, I'm assuming you know Quinn would probably have to resume doing his super crazy sea magic things. Um. Mm -hmm. You know, Quinn, I think I remember also, you know, mentioning that, like, yeah, you, like, we, we've talked about how you, like, enter a trance-like state every time, you know, you begin to sort of summon the seas and the winds to push you where you need to go. You do feel it exceptionally strong on this day that you are heading primarily southwest. Okay. Like the, um, like the conditions feel really good. Like you feel like very in tune with the seas today. Do I notice any like reason why? Like am I am I traveling a different direction? Am I more well rested, which seems doubtful? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah, well rested. That's for sure. <laughs> um, Did I ha happen to hit the right REM? I don't know. It just, it almost feels as though, like, you just, you feel connected. Like, your your mind almost feels like it's in two places at once. Oh. It is both, like, it, like, 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 here aboard the ship. Like, I, I'm saying, like, you, have, you actually are more in tune with your faculties now, at least today, on the conditions today, whatever conditions these are, whether they're mental or metaphysical or whatever they are. Um, like an out of body you know how, experience like, kind of feeling almost where it's almost just feel like you, you just feel very in control today so like you know how the day yesterday you were having trouble even hearing conversations that were happening around you oh yeah true mm -hmm. right like everything just sounded like you were underwater today like mm -hmm. it's like it, it almost feels like clear skies in your mind so like as you okay. are summoning the seas like you are very you are aware of your surroundings on the ship as well okay you still can't move from the helm, mm -hmm. but you are aware of everything so, that's happening on the ship. So you can see any shenanigans unfolding is what I'm about so to say. So more like a coma that I'm like I'm aware of what's going on. Yeah, as in like, okay, like, you know, your body... Like I can't react to it. Yeah, your body is still very much involved in like the maintaining of this magic. However, your mind is very present. So what I'm saying is, in layman's terms... The Quinn camera is in effect on the deck mm -hmm. of the ship. So be on your best behavior. That means nothing to this group, so I don't know what I'm trying to say. Misbehave quietly or far away. Yeah, right. There it is. 
This is day two. This is day two at sea. Um, the how to drain your dragon, how to train your dragon, hapless heroes edition is not going so well. <laughs> what dragon are we draining? Training. <laughs> Training, oh Michael. Oh my goodness! What kind I'm of? Not even going to acknowledge that ridiculousness. Are we getting into? I don't know. I mean, our usual, I guess, right? <laughs> um. So I don't want to like dwell too much on like the you know fiddle faddle of like what we you know of like the days at sea because sometimes sea travel really it just is like kind of boring. You know, it's just we got to maintain the ship and we got to make sure that no one falls overboard and that the dragons don't tear the shit up. So we're just going to kind of do a few things, a series of a few things here. Um, we've Dave, give me a fresh animal handling check for the start of the day. Uh, Jarrell will definitely fresh help him. Oh, yes. all right. Jarrell was going to do his own, but we're both a plus right. zero. So, so okay. <laughs> it's perfect. So advantage. I would, I would think at this point, could could I have inspired him? In some way, I don't know. Are you there, and what are you doing that is inspiring? Well, I'm certainly, certainly trying to uh, appease the rest of the crew, make sure nobody is bothering Zero, so that he has the opportunity to. Be That's helpful. Effective. Yes, to be. But helpful. I mean, what are you doing to directly inspire <clears throat> Zero? Are you playing Dragon Rock? Yeah, right. I mean, like are you some dra- like are you like are you are you in the tr- the dragon training area? I'm using air quotes, like playing a soundtrack to the goings on in here. I think I would play at the door with the door closed. I don't want to be in there. That's a distraction for the dragons. Mm-hmm. But so I just have music through the door. Yeah, yeah, but okay. it's also okay. it's also you know projecting across the deck. So I have my audience, but I am backed up. Yeah, you know, I'll say that if you're a, if you are above decks, yeah, 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 you can provide some sort of backing music to this. This is perfect. Okay. Uh, um, Boris also would have wanted to go find Zero first thing in the morning because you know she has a mechanical puppy she has questions about. Um, so I mean, she she'd be offering a helping hand with the dragon training. Man, Zero has uh, has kind of yeah. I've just been rolling uh, these dice in my hand, like trying to wait oh. for everyone to get their modifiers in here before. My I animal handling is a plus three, I guess. So helpful, a little bit. You might be able to try it later, but right now, this is Zero's best effort yeah. as he is currently the <laughs> oh, one. Yes. In and I'm the one who is claimed to be the world's best dragon handler, and I've got to put on a show in front of everybody here, and we're doing it with a little bit of help. So we're uh, rolling with from your friends here. and the bardic inspiration. All right. Um, oh, so it's a nine plus. Uh, what's the bardic inspiration giving? D ten. D ten. D ten. D ten. It's yeah. He's got a D ten. Yeah, I got a seven and a nine. So we're gonna go with the nine and plus plus seven. So all right, sixteen. Hey. 16 is respectable. You've gotten them to stop chewing on you because now Boris has shown up with food. Yay! It's been a long adventure. I'm as much Bondo as I am Wood. Hedrick's got some mu- some some nice tunes happening right now, kind of just setting a more calm and like relaxed tone because it's just been stress. You know, you guys have just had you guys have had a lot of stress in the last like forty-eight to seventy-two hours. It's just been a whirlwind. Um, and now the winds are kicking up outside, obviously with Quinn, you know, blasting your ship forward. But at least now it feels calm. The dragons are, you know, you guys have found some stuff like that they can play with. You know, like there's like you know you're just probably just like you know like knickknacks. You guys are pulling out of your pockets, you know, just trying to like distract them and like figure out, okay, like, what do you do with them? Like, how do like how do we keep these things like with us and from hurting anybody? <laughs> so I guess like, what's the what's what's the plan of attack for the day? Just to make sure that we can maintain, and then we'll move on to day three arrival. Jarrell is just helping with the dragon training and keeping Hans alive. That's good. Yeah, everyone's kind of just huddled up in here. Quinn, you know, you can kind of see, you know, like everyone, things, they have things under control today. All right. Boris it's a, it's also, a good day at sea. Go ahead, Boris. 
Uh, also helping with dragon handling and uh, in getting inquiring with Zero if he knows really anything about the operation of my new puppy or if he has any sort of uh, insider Omega information here. Zero, I'll say before you roll anything that at a glance, right, the general mechanics resemble the 0 0.5 sort of experiments you've done, but this is a much simpler version of it. This is like, you know, basic programming like on like a you know like a behavior pattern uh and loop and uh you know low immersion is the is is the best way to <laughs> describe yeah. the operation of said mechanical puppy all right well zero kind of looks thoughtfully for a second sort of rubs his chin where there you know might be a beard if he was the sort who had facial hair or skin to grow it from um and uh kind of crouches down really looking really closely at the puppy like looking him right in the eyes and doing the thing where he tilts his head a little bit to the left a little bit to the right looks around the sides then kind of um you know, still while crouched down, leans up and uh, towards you, Boris, and uh, asks, "Have you tried turning it off and back on again?" I I can turn it off. I don't know. Can you? Did you read the manual? I there is this, this definitely this, did this not one did get a not, puppy manual. Yeah, there was no manual that came with the puppy. There, the only instruction manual was the 64-page set of instructions. And, a lot, and, and, and if anyone has, has anyone actually, hold on real quick. Has anyone taken any time to actually examine the instructions for the grenades that Omnius left you, like the arcane grenades? Yes. Hedrick is interested in the grenades. He doesn't really feel that he would be much help with the dragons other than maybe healing some people who, who get scratched up. He can mend things. Um, I just want, yeah, because I just wanted a quick comment that at least thirty of the pages of the sixty-four page instruction manual are just the excited ramblings of, you know, Omnius the scientist, and have actually nothing to do with the actual operation of the grenades. So you ha you have to comb through these instructions many times to actually find what is operating instructions and what is excited tangents. I've also got JJ helping me. <laughs> JJ is clueless. Yeah, he's just but doing he's, his best he's, to follow he's, along. JJ, you are inspiring me. Just the look on your face makes me want to read these instructions. So I will continue. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but anyway, so I just wanted to like quickly address this. But yeah, no instruction manual for the puppy. It just, again, it just looks at you with its, like, sort of dead, cold, red eyes. And just, you know, every now and again repeats, uh, you know, a rough, a rough. And wags its tail, like, in a very slow, like, metronome, like, rhythmic fashion. Um, would, would Zero be able to make, um, let's see what might work best here. Would Zero, um... Let's give, it, give me an Arcana check. Yeah, Arcana actually is uh, the yeah my best guess too. That's actually something real, just to gain some insight about this dog. Hey, there we go. Thirteen plus six and nineteen. Yeah, there is a very obvious um, off switch, like just like there's like a like a little metal like flap that exists like just below the neck line that you can pull open, and there's like a, like a switch, like an on-off switch. Ah. Fantastic. So that's the first thing uh, Zero tries is uh, flips up the... Like a hard, like a hard uh, reset? Yeah, yeah, turn it off. It'll count to 30 seconds, flip it back on, put the flap back down. Okay, it, uh, you know, the, the eyes reset. They come back now and are glowing um, more of like a sort of a dull white. Um, and it says, system reset detected. Choose operating mode. Zero, you killed Um! Oh my god. Boris is just like melting down. Help. 
Help, listing commands. Possible operating modes. Puppy. Puppy. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so excited. I ran. I mean, I loved the joke, but I thought you were going to be like fully sentient dog. But now, because I was just going through the menus to see if there was a restore for uh, last save or something. (laughs) (laughs) So that's definitely. I I cracked myself with that one. That's, that's so a mega project. It's going to be overly complicated for just one one option. Exactly. I'm so glad you get the spirit of it. Okay. All right. All right. Perfect. Ooh. Usa. All right. So it, it hears you say the command puppy. And it says, oh, rough. Oh, rough. Owner detected. And it looks at you, Boris. Please. State name. Um. Uh, um, registered. A rough. A rough. Close enough. I'll take it. <laughs> she goes and <laughs> runs up and snuggles up. <laughs> Him, her, it, it. Whatever you Mechanical, want. Mechanical, right? It's a robot. Whatever you. Yeah, it's whatever you want it to be. Um is a pretty gender neutral name, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, overly complicated, but like for just the simplest thing. <laughs> Boris feeds Emma ball bearing. Yeah, it similar similarly like right like foreign object detected, and then it just like you know proceeds to purge it and glows red hot for a few moments and then a rough a rough out of curiosity how far away is its stomach from the deck what type of dog what type of dog would it be mimicking a hellhound so that but it was that rottweiler or like Uh, a doberman giant no like 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 a hellhound like a hold on like hellhounds are like waist height. They're like huge. So like a hellhound puppy would still be big. They, I mean, like, I, okay. I would, uh, I would encourage the audience to, you know, look up some images. You know, like hellhounds D and D. But I will, for my peeps here, just post a little image like uh, that, but like mechanical. Okay. So it, it, and and tiny. It looks more like a. Like a hyena type shape or something, some kind of like. Mm-hmm. It's not a simple dog. No. And it's got some like spiky bits. There's like no hair or anything. Again, it's it's mechanical. It's metal. Does but... it does it appear to have like claws or anything like as far as how it stabilizes itself? Yes. Um, they're. I mean, they are sharp. It's because they can hold on to things. But this is this is the, does not operate in a dangerous way at all. Like it is, it's 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 very passive and docile. Um, Does it have like a metal tail that it's just dragging behind it? No, it's it's it it points up when uh, it's standing and sitting. Oh right, so it just like wags like back and forth. Like I just thought it'd be make make a cool sound across the the ship if it was dragging its tail, metal tail. But it has it has like the you know like the tippy taps from like the you know metal like claws that are constantly touching the wood of the ship. You know, the tippy taps. Tippy taps. Yeah, all right, great. So, wonderful day at sea. You know, a a brief scare with um, but (laughs) everything's okay now. Uh, Jarrell does make sure to get his brunch in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's... yeah, that, that's that's actually a question that needs to be raised. Does the custom of the Thursday morning brunch extend to the kingdom of the Sea Lords? And is it a custom that is observed at sea? I think that days at sea, I would, you know, it's you're kind of on your own calendar at that point. Um, however, 
you know, there are people gathering to eat like any other day because, you know, it's the same people every day on the same ship, you know. But wait, we're not eating at lunchtime or breakfast time. <laughs> you should clarify this. <laughs> we are eating brunch. I understand. Uh, and I mean, you know, we've said that repeated this ad nauseum, but, you know, the prime brunching hours seem to vary greatly. So we're just going to we're going to leave it vague. <clears throat> No need to get specific. If you get specific, then you ruin the magic of it. Right. I just want to make it clear that, like, when this when the crew would eat normal lunch or normal yeah. breakfast, is that's not, not when you out. are doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not to say that it's not possible that one or either end of our brunching doesn't extend into those hours. It just doesn't happen to share those hours specifically. <laughs> but it also doesn't not. I'm glad. I'm glad. You know, I would hate for, after all these years, IRL, for us not to acknowledge a Thursday brunch. It's important. That's one of the staples of our crew. You all will understand one day, defeat a mighty battle, there's nothing better than brunch after a battle. Thursdays. Respect the Thursday. But man, if you're about to be, you know, arriving a potential battle tomorrow. Uh, Even you'll better, have just you'll have just had brunch. Yeah, and then you have to wait brunch. a whole. And then what? You have to wait a whole week to celebrate that win. Yeah, it sounds like That's a Friday tough. problem, though. It sounds like a Friday problem. I mean, is the ruling that you can't brunch any day but Thursday, or just that you oh, have no. to brunch no. on Thursday? Yeah. Thursday no. is the best day. We as can, we've established. We can have an extra celebratory brunch without waiting the week. Or we could just have a really good lunch. Oh, yeah, we, we can brunch <laughs> or have excellent breakfast and lunch any other day of the week. But Thursday is for brunch. And we're the heroes. That's we can do whatever we want. We could have dinner. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> we'll see. I've heard it pronounced dunch. <laughs> that should be way better. Lupper. All right. I like well, breakfast. you know, no, we're not having anything that sounds like leper. <laughs> we're not going to eat that. All right. Moving along. Um, we're on to day three. Now, Quinn, again, you know, you eventually had to stop doing your sea magic stuff and and go to bed. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say that while you slept, you had a dream. You dreamt that like you were still sailing the ship, but this time you were at the at the helm, you know, operating it. Um, and you were just like in a vast, like endless sea, like surrounding you on all sides, like no land masses to be found, like just clear, smooth waters, you know, sun shining. And it, and it was just you alone on the ship. Sounds bit, heavenly. Um, and it just, it felt like, like when you wake up though, it almost felt like you were like you definitely felt like you slept, but you felt like you've been awake the whole time. It's almost like as if you were like existing, like somewhere else, and like you, like you were you were doing that, like you yourself. Like it's you're hard you're having a hard time distinguishing like if that was real or if that was just like you know a lucid dream. Mm-hmm. Was there a too. top spinning? No. This isn't like fucking Inception shit, dude. Like, did I, did like, I spin a like, top like, the it's, it's already been done, man. This is we are pioneering new ways to tell stories here. Okay, like we only do original um, stuff. Okay, we don't rip so anything I off. Steal from more obscure shit. Of course we do. Everyone does. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I guess there's really no way to 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 shake that feeling. Um. Yeah, you're just kind of like carrying that into like 
like the day. Just an interesting, yeah. Like yeah, like. Hmm. Like almost like a deja vu feeling. Yeah, very much so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. I have. The, I. I would say that I eat something. Hearty, since I probably won't stop much to eat during the day like I did mm-hmm. yesterday. So, I eat something and then prepare myself to do my thing. Yep, and it's a foggy day at sea today. Mm. Um, your mind is still, I would say, you know, not foggy. You know, you still kind of have a general awareness as you're, you know, beginning to summon the seas again and the winds to, you know, push you guys now um, northwest up towards Ardwall. Um, the mood on the ship today is a little bit more tense because now, like, everyone's kind of preparing to arrive at a situation that, you know, no one really knows the full scope of at all. Well, and the... The crew's probably not used to, to doing trips like this in three days. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's the same time, like, you you guys really managed to keep things under control so that it wasn't a an unpleasant journey. Mm. So, I guess give yourselves a pat on the back for that. Like, as chaotic as it may have been, like, you did it. Uh, that doesn't, that feels like a setup. Okay, continue. <laughs> Ah, excuse me. I'm just I'm just stating facts. You, mm-hmm. you did good. Good. So now, you know, you guys are probably we're looking at probably hours away from arriving. You know, at least within viewing distance of Artwall. Now, mind you, the sight lines are a little bit lower, right? Visibility distance is a lot lower because it is a bit foggy at sea. Um, and cloudy. Especially as the day goes on, right? Like the the clouds kind of lift off of the sea and just start blocking out like the sunlight. Um, it's not raining. There's like not really a storm brewing. It's just you know a little darker and like kind of hard to see out too far. Um, is anyone doing anything to prepare for? I guess potential. I guess a hostile encounter here or, you know, like I, I, you guys have a general idea of what you're about to walk into or sail into, but I I guess I'm curious if there's any preparations that anyone wanted to do now that we're kind of shifting away from, Ooh, Hey, let's train our dragons and have a nice time at sea to, Oh fuck. Right. Like some shit's going down and we're about to like hit it. Hedrick would like to know, uh, did he ascertain anything uh, from the instructions? Does he know how to operate these grenades? So there is a series of because because of the fact that these are highly explosive things, there are a series of safeties that have to be disengaged in order for it to be thrown. So you just have to know the sequence of like moving a few of the like parts that stick out of them because they're not like perfectly spherical. There's like like like, like little like um, almost think of like a you know like depth charges how they have like some of like the pokey bits out. Yep. But those are mechanically like set so that if you move them around you can engage it to be active like and, and, and you can also you know turn them mm-hmm. off just dis- you know mm-hmm. disable them like a thermal detonator yeah <laughs> because she's holding a thermal detonator <laughs> um you know it's if, if you're if you if you feel like you're pretty good at throwing stuff these might be work for you but you know you just got to be careful because they you know, they do have a potential of backfiring. Well, Hedrick... Jarrell is really good at throwing things. Hedrick's taken uh, the Arcane Initiate and his last level up for his feet, so he learned the spell Catapult, and he used it once on the Ooh. island of, of uh, you know, Legredux. I like where your head's at there. So, uh, Zero, maybe you can weigh in. Do you think it would be wise to keep these all together or to possibly distribute them and then, you know, we can uh, appropriate certain grenadiers after a training period. That was going to be my first thing is, as you have thoroughly read the instructions. Yes, sir. Who shouldn't I, have them? As the, as the DM, I'm going to just insert some technical notes here in that... These grenades are very heavy. 
because of the fact that they are powerful, I want to wait for it to limit, I guess, like how many be, can be carried into a given situation because these things weigh like 10 pounds a piece. Okay. Oh, okay. It's that kind of party. These are these are structural charges, not combat charges. Um, I mean, they are. Uh, it's it's again. These are arcane grenades, so they you know they're not necessarily just just filled with like gunpowder, for example, right? Or like you know shrapnel. There 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 is there is some machinations going on in there. It's like you know some of the. I mean, again, even like the contraption to turn the safeties off is. Um, yeah, there's, there's a, this is something that's used deliberately and not so much in a fast combat setting. Like, huck it and pray. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. How large are they? I mean, you can. They're, they're like, I mean, probably softball sized. Okay. Yeah. You put it in a choke point, set it on a delay. How many do we look? have? A whole crate of them. Which like, equates just, to hundreds? Uh, <laughs> a, 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 enough for many adventures. Hmm. I mean, well, Boris could put up to 50 in her pockets. Or one really big adventure. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's essentially my question. I mean, uh, you could like you could essentially shot put one of these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which would be... Um, kind of badass but yeah you don't really know like necessarily the the, the, the effect that it's going to have Jarrell will ask Hedrick and Zero to show him how to arm it because he definitely plans on taking a couple okay. yes and uh, I would say that yeah Jarrell is the right amount of responsible and at least modestly technically savvy enough we hope <laughs> Boris will offer to carry a couple in her pockets and promises not to even learn how to turn them on. I still don't know if that's a good idea. <laughs> to be fair, I feel like she can be trusted for that, but not for the reason she's professing. <laughs> um, is there a timer? Is there a delay? Um, there is. And if you, again, scanning further through the instructions, there are ways to set variable timers based on, you know, the sequence in which you move some of the legs of it around. So the very, you, know, you, can, you can vary from a five second timer in increments of five up to a minute. Okay. The instruction manual strictly says if you need more than a minute to blow something up, you're doing it wrong. So that's why they only go up to that. When Zero reads that line, he scoffs audibly and says, if you need less than a minute to get out of the effective range, the blast wasn't big enough. Nice. Zero, your insight is invaluable. Um, there's also a few other uh, notes in there that says, you know, each grenade was made um, not the same. They are all lovingly handcrafted and handmade, every single one of them. So there's quirks and potentially different effects. This is all one big experiment, so use with gleeful caution. The planet's biggest mom and pop mag science shop. <laughs> I mean, kinda. Uh, so, you know, just. Jarrell's gonna take ten. Just so that's know. yeah. That's a hundred pounds worth of of uh, explosives. you know explosives you're carrying on you. <laughs> All right, you have ten. What are they called again? We'll just call them <clears throat> the the Omni bombs. Oh yeah, nice one. Oh now, now I've just got these images of Mario bomb bombs. You know, like <laughs> so. Hendrick's going to uh, paint them black and put some white eyes on them. Yeah, you can. <laughs> sure, you got you got some time. Zero will keep one in his inventory. Yeah, Hedrick as well is at least going to want to have 
and so they're softball size. It's not easy to carry these things. Um, perhaps. Yeah, uh, you'd have to like strap them to you, and they are gonna weigh you down. You know what I mean? Like they're they're heavy. Um, perhaps we could get somebody on uh, fashioning some bandoliers or some such, so in case these need to be distributed, they could easily be carried. Okay, I'm gonna say this, and I know that already by acknowledging it, Mike is gonna react to this. There is plenty of leather aboard this ship to get the job done. (laughs) I refuse to react. (laughs) <laughs> you refuse to react. Well, you tried. I did. No, I, <laughs> I was a, he tried to refuse to react. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the expression. Which, in essence, I reacted. Seconds. Right. <laughs> I didn't. So, yes, I didn't you're react able... for the podcast. <laughs> yes. See. See. Uh, excuse me. You are able to fashion. You know yourself some bandoliers and things so like you guys can literally walk in like to a situation like strapped yeah, however you are also walking into a situation with explosives strapped to your body so i mean you tell me <laughs> you know, they, they can be they can be easily deployed to locations like hedrick's thing is we're not going to have enough time to light these things off individually if we're going to use them to a, an effective point we want to be able to get it to the spot and then remote detonate. That's a big punch. You have the opportunity. That's a big yeah. punch. Um, well, you don't know. You have yeah. no idea what one of these things can do. You've actually never seen one in action. I think we need to test one. Zero, you're a man of science. Tell me, what do you believe would be a safe range to, to uh, you know, fire one of these babies off? Well, they give a setting for five seconds, and now one has to wonder how quickly you could propel this in five seconds or run away from it in five seconds. Then also keep in mind that the people who made this have absolutely no regard for their own life, health, well-being, or safety. So make it 30. Yeah, we're not going to want to test this from the ship. I don't think... uh, Well, I guess maybe if we put it on a lifeboat. Do we want to sacrifice a lifeboat? (laughs) That's the sort of thing we might need. In the pursuit of science? I mean... Sacrifices must be made, and it's always best when the sacrifice isn't, you know, personal. There's a... uh, I mean, you'll have to probably clear that with the captain. Hedrick pulls out his loot and he says, you know, Zero, I could fling that thing about 180 feet. I was going to give it a significantly more than 180 feet. Okay. Just saying that I'm really looking forward to seeing this. Yeah. How many lifeboats do we have? On a ship this size, there, there are many. It's that or find some jetsam to attach it to. Do we have any floatable debris? There's plenty of <laughs> like, like barrels. There's probably even like, you know, I don't know if you want um, to take an empty barrel to the actually that's the shit in the that's, you know, in the well, there we lower decks. I have exactly my idea then. Zero will um, have someone fetch an empty barrel from below decks. We are going to put the bomb in this, and we will be setting it for one minute. But we want to uh, put this uh, near the stern of the ship, and we're going to attach a rope to the barrel. And once we want, we push the barrel off. You know, we set the timer for a minute, push the barrel off, let it uh, go as far back behind us as possible, and let that rope run out until the minute goes off and it detonates. Would it be 
best for me to perhaps use my power to get us as far away from it as possible. Yeah, you're gonna, I mean, you're gonna jump this overboard, and it's just, you're just gonna zip right by it anyways. So like, you'll, right. you'll, you'll, you'll be putting yourself plenty of distance between yourselves and. Oh, because I'm already still using my power now. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, you oh, guys okay. are already All cruising. Right. You guys are already cruising. So I'm not really okay. All right, I'm lucid. I know what's going on, but I'm not necessarily reacting. You can, yeah, you and, and people can ask you and talk to you. Like you can, like you don't have to have a translator, you know. So I can offer. respond. Yes, if okay. people are coming to you with this information, which I don't know if they actually are. No, no, we probably would have said just said something like, "It's what he would have wanted," <laughs> or maybe even just like a, "Hey, you know, just don't stop the ship for any reason at all. Please don't stop. Please keep going as far away from where this would be. This, this feels thing. like a great time to take a break." <laughs> Don't worry about us. We're just dropping munitions off the back of the boat. You keep doing what you're doing. Right, so yeah, wanted. Boris still authoritatively wearing the captain's jacket says, "I believe that we should do this." <laughs> All right. So yeah, you guys are able to set up the whole situation. So it's now come time to like you know arm the actual omnibomb. Yeah. So you know you you can you 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 twist the you know all the things that are jutting out of it in like a certain way. It's almost like a little puzzle oh. box, you know. Yeah, it felt like it was it was going to be a glorified game of bop it. Yep. And then, as soon as you you know finish the the sequence for the one minute option, it says that out loud. It says one minute option selected. Activate protocol Y O. L O. Please clear the area. And yep, yeah, push in the barrel. Push the barrel off the back of the ship. Okay, and I mean, just you, it just uh, you, it, you zip far away from it. I mean, again, you guys are traveling at a pretty crazy clip. Also, the wake from the ship pushes it further out to sea. Um, and after a minute, what appears to be almost like a small thermonuclear device. Um, detonates uh, un- under sea and a huge plume of water and fire uh, emerge from the sea. How, how um, tall is this blast? Uh, it takes a moment because Quinn is trailing very fast, but then there is a concussive, like, like you know, like shock wave that hits the ship. Um, and Quinn, like, you kind of feel like, you know, whoa, okay, like, something's, like, knocking us a little off course here. Um, and a huge tidal wave now is, like, kind of swelling. Does anybody know control water? No, but I'm absolutely certain that uh, at least one of the sailors here will fail on that check by the time that wave hits us. What about the flagship? Like, that's just way behind us. That's that's way behind you guys. That's way behind you guys. Hopefully that's not anywhere, like, it'll run out before it hits that, but... Why would... Are you telling me they put a five-second timer on such... Um, I will. I'm just gonna highlight one more time for you that when you when you clicked it, it said out loud, one minute option, selected, activate protocol Y O L O. And Hello. one might infer that depending on the timing you set, would dictate the actual area of effect. Is that in the book anywhere? Does it say that in the book, or are we just inferring that? You kind of have to read between the lines for that one. Can you say that again? I mean, I'm having, I'm having a little hard time here, Jabrell. It's, it's kind of a lot of things going on all at once. <laughs> and again, it's scattered throughout the instruction manual. Well, Hedrick did his best to try to categorize notes. So he, he, he's been taking like pieces of string and like trying to like stick them into these pages, you know, like around like 
creating a diagram that he can decipher this. <laughs> <laughs> I've confirmed there is no Carol in HR, but this is still a little perplexing. I'd also, it's, it's, I would say it's maybe mildly concerning that there is a crate full of, like, essentially, like, thermonuclear devices, like, on the ship. However, it takes a considerable effort to actually configure it to do that. So, I mean, you guys just went for broke and chose the nuclear option. So, if we choose five seconds, it's more of a hand grenade, but if we choose a minute, it's more like a small nuke. That might be reasonable, but again, you have no idea what that effect might be, you know, until you... Activate it. I'm absolutely certain that there are reasons to set this under a minute. I have no idea what any of those are. Well, <laughs> I do believe, I mean, they, they gave us an arcane cannon that was fashioned for the airship. And if we're in the airship, five seconds could be a, a big difference, especially in, you know, a bomber run during an air battle. You know, it could, it could mean a whole lot of things. Um, personally... <laughs> I'm reconsidering the bandoliers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's one way to put it. Uh. Well, one, once you get to a bomb that size strapped to your chest, there's functionally no difference between one and ten. YOLO. <laughs> but again, I mean, you set that for the maximum, right? The, the minute option. So, I mean, if if there is further experimentation, you know, you might be able to see what some of the other effects are. However, if you if we are just assuming that no matter what you set it to, it's just going to blow up like that, then you know, I guess we we're done for the for the day because we're getting close to time to uh, arriving at uh, at Ardwall. Zero would be willing to experiment on more of these, but he is decidedly less enthusiastic upon the implication that they would be less impressive explosions after that. I think it's only right. These were a gift. Now, yeah. we don't we don't have to go through every five second equation because who knows how these things are actually going to operate. But we went to one extreme. I vote we could at least do one more in the opposite extreme now with five you're, seconds you're correct yeah. and there is a there is a part of me that desperately wants to see this through for scientific rigor but on the other hand well you can take the robot out of kelnor but i guess you can't take the kelnor out of the robot yeah that that's a whole lot of gobbledygook to me i'm just a simpleton zero you're gonna have to <laughs> i ain't a scientist you know, speak english or common or whatever most of the <laughs> island was it has been a desert since before we had records but if it weren't it would be by now anyway well you see you're only saying really close you blow things up um quinn i'm gonna Go ahead, just really quick. I have to interrupt um, this discussion now and exp you know, experimentation session with. Uh... As you guys are getting closer to your destination, Quinn, you can feel that the seas feel different. Like where you know it's been smooth sailing and like you know you've been very in control now. Like something feels off about the water itself. Like it's tainted. Mm -hmm. Um, um, you're having, a, like, you're having a hard time focusing. So, do I feel it like in my body? Do I feel it just in my head? Like, it's almost like a like a almost like a tingle, like like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, like a, dis like a almost like a dis this discomfort that kind of creeps its way like up like through your spine. You know what I mean? Like you know, just like you can just you just feel like that like that chill. Hmm. Like an anxiety almost. Anxiety, like something is wrong something is not like it's not like that natural feeling mm -hmm. that you had before ship actually slows down a little bit because of me or just because of the feeling um it just kind of like i guess like the combination of all of it you're still guys you still you guys are still making a you know again incredible pace but you know 
you've, you've slowed down a little bit just because of this like this, this odd feeling you have like you know how I was talking earlier about how you felt this like tremendous connection almost like as if you were like living in two places at once you know what I mean like just like mm-hmm. um, this is now like the complete opposite like it's just you, you, you feel like you've lost that connection to whatever that was that feeling that you were like you know kind of clinging to and just you know in the zone with Mm-hmm. Hmm. So okay. Like you feel like it's like some like a connection has almost been severed, like somewhere within yeah. you. Like not entirely. Was but it like? Yeah. Was it like a gradual thing, or was it just like kind of like like sudden? Like I wouldn't I say super like gradual. Yeah, you almost like cross a threshold, and then like yeah, it feels off here. Okay. You guys are getting close. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's the, the, the fog kind of starts to grow thicker now, and you know, like the waters behind you are still like swelling, uh, albeit much further away now. Uh, and you can see that in, in this haze and fog, you know, there is there is this. glow that begins to permeate ahead of you. What color is it? Pale green light. Pale Pale green green light. light! And just as that light begins to grow brighter, you can see as your ship now begins to slow to a crawl. The waters themselves begin to rise, and the masts of ships begin to rise from below the deeps. And that's what we're going to call this episode of the Hapless Heroes Podcast. Ghost ships! Ghost ships! Ghost ships! Ghost! Stinkies. Oh, Scooby. <laughs> no, that's um. Oh, right. <sighs> a rough. A rough. <laughs> a rough. A rough. <laughs> um, if you like us, you could find us on the internet. We're on such places as Twitter and Instagram, just at Hapless Heroes. If you look on Facebook or Reddit, just look for Hapless Heroes Podcast. Those places will point you to where we really actually socialize most of our time, and that's our Discord server. It's a cool place you can meet, hang out with us in the cast, and the rest of the you know our budding and amazing audience in there. Um, yeah, it's just uh, having all kinds of conversations. It's really just a cool place to hang out. Uh, but if you really love us, you could say some kind words about us and leave us a five-star review on the podcast service of your choice. Uh, love hearing all the nice things you have to say. And if reviews aren't your thing, you know, just shoot us an email, hapleshearers at gmail.com. Tell us what you think. But if you really, really like us, you could donate to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash hapleshearers. Myriad of rewards on there that we are constantly adding to, and I'm sure I'm going to start uploading some of these tunes that Phil has recorded as Hedrick, if uh, they're not already up by the time I release this episode. <laughs> um, yeah, and a whole bunch of other things, just you know, ways for us to say thank you to you for supporting the show for as long as you guys have. It's really just been a, a magical journey to keep this going for four fucking years. Like, love it so much. And if you really, really love us, I mean. You're out. Sally Field. The whole deal. Air love and laugh, but you want to express your love for our show because you feel it deep down. You just have to let it out. Why not music? Learn an instrument, specifically a lute, Hedrick's favorite. And you can broadcast your own waves of inspiration throughout your family, your friends, your co-workers, hell, even strangers. Hedrick's favorite. And you can play all the hapless heroes songs sung by yours truly, which can be found on 
Hedrick's Favorites, Volume 1, located in the Hapless Heroes Patreon. Pick up your copy digital only. Henceforth. Sound enough. <laughs> wow. Oh, the in the in character if you love us. Gotta, gotta love that shit. Um, what started wow. as an if you love us and ended as shameless self-promotion for your own <laughs> album. It really was. Like and that's like the most Hedrick thing you could possibly do. So that's like perfect. Um, well, I'm going to go ahead now then and just do the last thing we really need to do here and outro this beautiful cast for you starting on my virtual right plus one with Phil as Hedrick the Entertainer. Yeah, it's, this is going to get a bumpy ride real quick. Nicole is Boris the Butcher. Oh, maybe they're bringing me a ghost puppy. Mike as Lord and Captain Quinn Southwind. Ghost pirates, not going to be good. Dave as Zero, Valen's Avatar of War. Good evening, everyone. And John as Lord Jarrell Delight. Until next time. And I'm Francesco, I've been your host and DM. Tune in next time for some crazy naval shenanigans. Bye-bye now. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.